Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 89. Perhaps no change in recent Royal Caribbean history has had as much of an impact on the guest experience like Dynamic Dining has. This brand new way of enjoying dinner on board your Royal Caribbean cruise promises to bring more choices and flexibility to all guests. This week, I'm going to review what Dynamic Dining is and discuss how well it works. It's an in-depth discussion of everything in Dynamic Dining, and we will seek to answer the question if Dynamic Dining is right for you. Here we go. For many people, dining on your Royal Caribbean cruise is a major part of your cruise vacation. From where you eat, what you will eat, and how good it all is, there are all these kinds of questions many guests want to know, and I want to make it as simple and clear for everyone listening to this podcast how to do it really well. Royal Caribbean's Dynamic Dining Program is the company's boldest innovation yet to tackle the need to feed its cruise passengers without being constricted by traditions of the past. So this week, I wanted to review Dynamic Dining and talk all about what it is, where it does well, and where it doesn't do so well, and who might really enjoy Dynamic Dining. And joining me this week is a fellow Royal Caribbean enthusiast, blogger, researcher, and all-around good guy. It's Don Bucolo from EatSleepCruise.com. Don, welcome to the podcast, my man. Oh, thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Uh, Don, you and I have been... Actually, Don has been contributing some great blog posts to RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com for those who've been reading the blog and taking advantage of it. Some really good stuff there. So, Don, it's a pleasure to finally have you here on the podcast with me to talk virtually. (laughs) Right. No, I'm excited. Dynamic dining is a great topic to discuss. Yeah, and I really think... I really can't think, actually, of a topic that has generated as much discussion as Royal Caribbean's Dynamic Dining Program. You know, it was announced pretty much about a year ago, and since its inception, there's been questions, controversy, and and even some changes already to the program. But, you know what, Royal Caribbean has really been committed to making a Dynamic Dining work, and, and that's what I want to discuss with, this week with you, Don. So let's first begin by explaining what Dynamic Dining is and which Royal Caribbean ships offer it. So I think we probably want to – the best way to probably probably explain dynamic dining is to say basically it's kind of a – it's the next generation of dining where there is no main dining room. Uh-huh. And instead of having the, the main dining room with traditional dining where you have a early seating and a late seating, you also now have – you get rid of that and you just have basically any time. It's kind of like the my time dining and that was a lot – I think we'll bring that up quite a bit in this episode, Don. I felt like you know it, it's the next generation of my time dining. It's that – idea that in, you, you basically there's a number of restaurants and no main dining room and you just kind of go to them kind of like the way that you dine at, at your local hometown right you say to yourself yeah. well you're going to go to a restaurant you know where do you want to go you want to go to outback do you want to go to you know this restaurant this restaurant and you sometimes you just show up and hope there's no line and other times you make a reservation in advance is that a fair way to describe main dynamic dining in a nutshell I think so. Yeah, it gives you that flexibility to really tailor your vacation. So you're on vacation and why be stuck with whatever menu they may be serving in the the main dining room that night or just the other alternative like is the buffet or some specialty restaurant. So yeah, we definitely get that sense that it it allows you to really get a feel for what you want to do when you want to do it. So you are in control of, of your vacation. And like you said, dining is such a big part of that. Yep, absolutely. And the other big change is there's no more formal night on the cruise mm. per se, meaning in, on other ships and in, in the past, what would happen is there would be like, okay, on a seven-night cruise, night number two, and usually like night number five. Those are formal nights. Everyone's got to dress up, the main dining room, there's a higher dress code involved, and all that that goes with it. And this is for, I think Royal Caribbean sees this as a barrier for people who want to get into cruising. They see that a lot of people that, are, that are, have never taken a cruise before 
are kind of they're they're miffed by it. They're kind of mm-hmm. like they're put off by the idea, and they're worried that you have to wear tuxedos, and it's a scene out of Titanic, which is obviously not, but <laughs> it's the perception that's out there. And and so instead, there is no dress code. It's just per restaurant. So for mm-hmm. many of the complimentary restaurants, it's just you know casual. For there is of course uh, the grand restaurant on in on the quantum class that offers di- uh, formal nights every night. So there's always formal night there. So if you really love the formal night experience, hey, you can go anytime you want. You can go as many times as you want. All, every night, whatever whatever floats your boat in, in that regard. Um, and and that's also I think that's really the core. Of of kind of what dynamic dining is, and it's basically you get you choose between complimentary restaurants, basically restaurants that are included in your cruise fare, and specialty restaurants, which are restaurants that cost a little bit extra depending on the experience. Some some have just a cover charge, some have a a la carte charge. It depends on the restaurant, obviously. But this is if you've been on other Royal Caribbean ships, you've probably experienced this phenomena uh, in terms of specialty restaurants before. So, pretty, sh- I, I think that's a fairly straightforward example of it. Now, Don, which ships have dynamic dining on them currently? Well, right now, right, we have the Quantum class, and we have uh, Quantum the Season, and Anthem the Seas, which just came out, that has dynamic yep. dining. And we're not sure yet when the rollout is, but we do know that Allure of the Seas and Oasis of the Seas, the largest cruise ships in the world, are going to be getting dynamic dining. I guess the question is when. It's supposed to be sometime this year. And as you mentioned, I know they're still feeling things out as far as the rollout of that ship, those ships and when the program's going to be there. But Harmony of the Seas 2, the newest cruise ship uh, that's supposed to come out next year, is supposed to get it as well. And I suspect more more of the larger cruise ships will probably get it in the near future. Yeah, it's it's been interesting. The first Royal Caribbean announced, hey, it's coming to the Oasis class. They're going to be getting it by, I think it was already supposed to happen either like this mm-hmm. month or last month. And then what happened, we're going to get into this. There were some issues with the dynamic dining that, that cropped up a lot of uh, uh, complaints and suggestions and so forth. And and kind of Royal Caribbean put the kibosh on the whole thing and said, hold on, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna just gonna put it on hold. But meanwhile, the Quantum class is going as as far. Obviously, Quantum of the Seas has an Anthem of the Seas, as you mentioned, and Ovation of the Seas when that comes out will mm-hmm. undoubtedly have the uh, dynamic dining program. But for anyone looking to plan a cruise on, you know, the Oasis class ships, it's still in limbo. But I, you're, you're absolutely right, Don, that theoretically it's supposed to be happening at some point this year when. No one knows exactly for sure, but right. well, they've already they already kind of fitted at least what Oasis for it, so they were expecting, like you said, to launch it right about this time of year. And then well, it had to be a couple months ago that they made that announcement they were going to put it off. So they're, they're ready to do it. I think once they fine tune the system and really have it running well, because even though Quantum is such a big ship, right? You know, Oasis and Allure are just so much bigger, so many more guests that they got to make sure it's firing on all cylinders to get it on those ships. Because what do they travel like? Full capacity, like six thousand people or so. Yeah, absolutely. And they want to make sure they want to get it right. That's the thing mm-hmm. that Royal Caribbean has really been saying all along, and that's why they. So this rolled, Dynamic Dining officially rolled out in November, and by January they were already making changes to the program. I mean, they were really you know adamant about making sure. Look, we're you know we're not above saying that this isn't perfect, and you know let's make it right. And they've already been making some choices. So Don, you and I have both been on Quantum of the Seas. And we've been able to experience dynamic dining firsthand. And I really wanted to kind of you know jump dive into really you know what it is, what it, who it's good for, and kind of kind of explain to our listeners, you know, what we thought of the dynamic dining experience. And you know, for, from my standpoint, Don, you know, I was coming to this. I saw this, and I mentioned this a little earlier in the show. Getting off Quantum of the Seas, I thought to myself, you know what? Dynamic dining feels like my time dining, the next generation, so mm-hmm. to speak. And my time dining is that. 
this goes back to a program that Royal Caribbean rolled out years ago. On it's available on all the other ships in, in the fleet where you have the traditional dining, which I mentioned. Instead, you still dine in the main dining room, but you get to pick your time. But this is, you know, again, kind of the next iteration. I don't. What are your thoughts on on dynamic dining? Your your kind of takeaways when you got off Quantum of the Seas? Similar feeling. We actually never had done my time dining before, but we had plenty of friends or guests that we had talked to who had done it. We'd always done traditional dining, so doing quantum was a little bit more stressful for us because my wife, as, as you probably know from our blog and stuff, she's, she's the planner. I'm a little bit more carefree, go with the flow, but she's like, no, I need to know what we're doing. So we, we may have took a little bit different perspective where we pre-planned everything and, and we can you know talk about this. But one good thing about it is you can, if you want, I mean, you can pre-plan everything. So if you like a very structured regimen, if you like traditional dining with dynamic dining, you have the opportunity through the cruise planner to pre-book everything. What we did like was really the, the flexibility and the options um, of just eating where you want, when you want. Do you feel like Italian this night? Do you feel like Pan-Asian? And really setting that all up. Um, we changed our reservations as we were doing things. So even though we pre-booked it, we, we changed things as we went as more reservations became available. So we really like that just ability. And we changed times a little bit, but not, not so much, honestly. We tend to eat around the same times, maybe because we're just so used to always eating that main dining time when we're on a cruise that we usually stuck to that area. But I, I know people one night would be six at the time, eight o'clock. So it's really, it's got that ability to, to do really whenever you want, either walk up or pre-planning. Yeah, you're right. And you know what? Planning ahead is really, I think, at the heart of what dynamic dining is. And, and Royal Caribbean wants to encourage you to do it. And I think it's a great idea. In fact, yeah, I, I was just like you. I planned all my dining, uh, reservations well actually not well in advance i really procrastinated about it and probably did it about two months in advance and you know what there were some nights where i got what i wanted some nights i had to you know be like okay i'm gonna be eating dinner at eight o'clock it is what it is but the reality was if you plan i think really if you plan ahead if you make reservations it does make your experience a whole lot easier rather than just showing up on the cruise and hoping for the best you can still that'll still work i don't I don't want to make it seem like you're not going to be able to eat anything except for Cafe Promenade and the Wind and the Windjamer. I mean, you're going to have options out there. The difference is that you know you want to have your first choice, or at least you know say I really want to eat at this restaurant on this night. This is how you do it. I think this is kind of a perhaps just a, a learning curve in that yeah, mm-hmm. unlike other ships, where really if you go on like you go on on I was going to say Oasis, but that doesn't count because they're going to be changing. If you're going on Freedom <laughs> of the Seas, and you're you don't have to plan anything. I mean, maybe you'll book especially dining. But in terms of you know your dinners, they're, you're just picking either traditional or my time, and and that's it. But you know here it just requires you to have a different kind of thought process. Now for for planners like me, and sounds like your wife, um, you know we love this guy. I'm that type A personality. I want to plan out my entire cruise vacation <laughs> six months out, and then look at it and admire it and be like, look, honey, I planned this whole thing. Isn't this amazing? <laughs> look at it. It's beautiful. The whole calendar filled up with stuff. Ah, oh, it's it gives me like a. Oh, there's something inside of me that's that's definitely wrong, but it makes me feel so good about myself. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. We say half the fun of the cruise vacation is planning it, so we're right yeah. there with you. You know, I, all these people who just wing it or want to do that "quote unquote" freestyle. We won't mention who likes to say that, but uh, we're like, no, we want to know everything about the ship. We want to memorize those deck plans. We want to make our dinner reservations, and I think. You can almost go overboard with quantum because there is a lot of other stuff you you can pre-plan too, just not the dynamic dining. So yeah, that's for us half half the fun. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a that's a big deal in terms of you know how you plan your cruise and and I think that's just you know if there are some people who don't want to do that and that's okay. I mean that's that's understandable. I think that's something that Royal Caribbean is is realizing. Is not everyone wants to plan out their entire cruise in advance. There's something 
wrong with that. And like I said, on, on my cruise, at least, uh, we, I really felt like you could have shown up or, or planned stuff day of and gotten reservations or at least just gotten seated at the very least, especially if you were kind of flexible in terms of your times. If you weren't going during peak times, I think there was, you know, again, 830 seatings. I don't think you had a problem at all, even even the early ones as, as well. Um, I do think that the one thing that I did pick up on, and this got me thinking, and we're going to talk about uh, the other the evolution of dynamic dining in a little bit. But the one thing I did miss in terms of the dynamic dining experience was the wait staff. I did like having on other ships having the same wait staff every night. I thought that was uh, that was something I really enjoyed. I liked that they knew who my, my name, my tendencies that I don't I don't like. You know, I don't know. I you know I, I prefer this type of drink or you know the, the little things like that. To me, that kind of connection was the one thing that I really missed about dynamic dining. You know, I love the choice, but that was the. I, I, what, what are your thoughts? I don't know. Maybe I'm more of a traditionalist in, in that regard, Don. But did you get the same sense in terms of your experience with the uh, waitstaff? I did. I, I I definitely resonate with that. I think of of all the great things with dynamic dining, and I agree there was a lot of pluses to it. That was probably. The one thing that we didn't like was not having that, as you mentioned, that connection. And honestly, on our sailing, we sailed a few, uh, about a month and a half before you did. We've just felt overall that the port, that the wait staff wasn't really um, either well prepared or just they were understaffed in some venues. I know towards the end of the cruise, there was a rumor that they actually brought on extra staff when we stopped in Puerto Rico because we did actually the same itinerary that I know you just did. And we definitely felt towards the end of the cruise that that the restaurants were more staffed. We actually had a waiter and what appeared to be an assistant waiter, whereas in the beginning, the first couple of nights, we only had one server really at our table, and they were trying to do everything that a traditional service team does when you're in the main dining room, right? You have a whole team. On our cruise, it didn't, we didn't really get that feeling until the end. So I felt for the, the wait staff, but that, that's the one thing. I, and, and not doing my, my time dining before and not having that experience, that's one of the things we – did really miss on quantum was not having the same weight staff who knows like you know i like to eat so it is always joke because i order a lot of the entrees and food and and that's just kind of how i am and and they get used to that whereas some of the, when you have someone different every night you, they don't they don't get you don't have that type of um, personalization yeah and, and that makes perfect sense and, and you know the thing that i wanted to to bring up also was you know when we're talking about the dynamic dining you know you mentioned the service and and on my cruise there were definitely assistant waiters in the in the complimentary restaurants and and that it didn't make a difference and it's kind of interesting because if if you've been if you follow along royal caribbean stuff online i'll just put it that way if you read the message boards if you're out there on on the twitters and facebook god bless you for putting up with all of it it's an adventure but you probably read about a lot of negative reviews early on especially in the months of november and december and even into January, to some extent, there were a lot of people who were complaining about some of the stuff that you, you raised there, Don. But, you know, on my experience on Mar- in March on Quantum, I really didn't have any of those problems. I, I think I waited in line one time, and it was for about, I want to say, five or seven minutes. I mean, really, we, we, there was never an issue. We dined at all different times. Like I mentioned, sometimes we dined at 8 o'clock, sometimes we dined at 6, sometimes we dined at 5. It, it kind of varied. But I never really had any – I never experienced those, those issues that were out there. So I want to kind of give people – Kind of not necessarily a guarantee by any means, but I can tell you that it's not as bad as you may have read about it earlier, and things have improved. I really believe, and I think that's 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 a positive for. It. I think that Royal Caribbean again responded. They updated the menus in all the complimentary restaurants, which I know 
upset you down because you were ready to <laughs> review them all. And then, bam, I think the week you got back, they were like, hey, new menus. <laughs> yeah, we were like that transitional week because they went from, you know, definitely decadence, went from a specialty restaurant to a complimentary restaurant, literally like in our during our cruise. So we had already paid for it, which was fine. I think that was one of the great restaurants on the ship, actually, so I don't mind paying that. But yeah, we came back and then, as you mentioned, all, all new menus can become released, and uh, they bring on more staff and have a more traditional assistant waiter waiter setup. So we were right at that kind of midline point, but I do unfortunately follow those boards, as you mentioned, and, and out yeah. there. And we, we didn't have an overall negative experience. We actually really like dynamic dining. We just, like I said, in the beginning, it definitely felt like that they didn't prepare the staff. It's not staff's fault, right? Royal Caribbean just didn't have the right amount of people there, but they, like you said, quickly took care of that. And, and by the end of our cruise, it was set up and, and future cruises, it's it set up. So now I think they know what they're doing as far as anticipating the crowds. We only had, we had one line we waited in uh, for like 15 or 20 minutes. And that was early, again, early on in the cruise that we had. But we have heard since, like you said, that there aren't any lines or any of those other issues. If they are, they're very small, which there's a line to get in the main dining room anyway. If you go right at 6 o'clock with everyone else, it's like a mass of people trying to get in. So, uh, so yeah, we, I mean, overall, no, we didn't have – we wouldn't say we are complaining, just, just observations of kind of our yeah. experience. No, absolutely, and I think that makes sense. And, you know, I think the other thing that I noticed about my dining – I don't know about you, Badon, but I also noticed that, you know, we were in and out faster. It wasn't like we were in and out 20 minutes, and you could have if you actually told them you needed to be somewhere but you know, if we just we just walked into, I, I would say probably of our eight nights, I would say five or six, we just walked in without even telling them any. You know, we didn't have any plans; we didn't have to be anywhere. And I really felt like you know, it was we were in and out in you know somewhere in the ballpark of I would say an hour to an hour and a half, depending on the meal. Whereas in the main dining room, it always seemed like it was at least two hour experience in terms of you know from from start to finish. And it really felt like you know, again, there's so much to do on 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 these quantum class ships that. You know, it was it was nice. We were in and out, and we were able to, you know, go back and do whatever we had plans. As, as you know, there's so much going on, um, and you know that wasn't necessarily a bad thing. Again, we had we had plenty of time to discuss. It wasn't going to kick us out or anything like that, but it just seemed like it flowed a little bit better for us in terms of the in, in terms of time. So there's you know there's there's good and bad, and that's what I liked about it was that one pro I think is that you there's there's less uh, not formality, but there's less structure in terms of the dining experience and you're on your own schedule. So it's not like your waiter is also waiting on four mm-hmm. other tables and those, and you're all on the same timetable. It's not the case at all. And, and that was kind of liberating in, in a sense. And I kind of like, you know, I remember they were eating at the grand and we were in and out. That one took a little longer cause it's the grand, mm-hmm. but then we were in silk. And I think that was like a 45 minute affair. And I was like, Oh wow. Okay. You know, <laughs> I'm all business. That's fine for me. Cause Lord, you know, at home I don't spend an hour to two hours eating. So, you know, it's, it's, it's what you make of it. You know, I agree. I think we had some similar experiences with that too. And I, I think part of it is just they want to bring new people in, right, to cruising. And that's kind of one reason I think Dynamic Dining was released is to try to break down some of those stereotypes. And I think some people have that fear that they're going to go to the main dining room and they have to get all dressed up and that it's going to be this two-hour affair. And that that's not really how a lot of people like to travel, I think, anymore. And there's still some people who do. And that's probably the people who are giving a lot of the negative reviews when Dynamic Dining came out. But if you're a loyalist like us, I think you, you can still enjoy dynamic dining. But if you're new to Royal Caribbean or just new to cruising in general, I think it does give you a little bit – it's a little bit more familiar. It's almost like you really are at a restaurant. Uh, and we did definitely notice when we, we came back from Quantum, we ended up doing a quick three-day cruise. And it, we had the main dining room. 
we were late one night, and and to your point, it definitely felt like our waiters were like trying to catch us up with everyone else because they are when you have that traditional dining, they do kind of have a set schedule they need to keep and a flow that they like to have when everyone's eating at the same time. And um, so with dynamic dining, there is an issue. If you get there at six thirty, you're going to be treated the same as if you got there at six o'clock. If that was when your reservation is or when you walked up, so it does have more of that restaurant type feel. Absolutely. I think it's, it's a great point. Now, the other thing is, if we look forward a little bit, so Royal Caribbean has already announced that they're going to be adding or augmenting Dynamic Dining. So we've got Dynamic Dining as we currently understand it. And there's going to be Dynamic Dining Classic. And I'm really excited about this because I think this is like the perfect blend for me because I love the flexibility and choice of Dynamic Dining. But again, I mentioned I like the wait staff. I like having the same waiter every night. So Dynamic Dining Classic is a new program that's coming out that is going to debut on Anthem of the Seas. And what Classic is going to offer is same thing. You, you, book, you know, you, you're going to be eating at a number of different restaurants, but instead you're going to be on more. It's, it's kind of a blend of the traditional and here. Instead, you're going to rotate between the restaurants. So you'll get to experience, you know, all the different restaurants that are on your particular ship. But the difference is you'll have the same wait staff follow you every night. And this is very similar to what, and Royal Caribbean doesn't want to admit this, but this is very similar to what Disney Cruise <laughs> Disney, Line does. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's the kind of, uh, the basic concept. Of course, it hasn't debuted yet. We'll have to see exactly the nuances, but that's the concept that's coming out. And it's going to start with Anthem of the Seas, and I highly suspect it'll be rolled out to other ships very soon thereafter, like Quantum of the Season. And I think when we see it on the wait list, uh, this is my guess, I'm just just guessing. Uh, that's what we'll expect. But this sounds really cool to me. I really like this idea because, again, to me, it's the best of both worlds. And I don't know about what, what your thoughts are on, on the uh, prospect of Dynamic Dining Classic there, Don. No, yeah, definitely. We, I agree with you on that one. We, we are booked on Anthem, and we had booked it before they had even announced that this program had come out. So we have since actually switched to that. We, we had our travel agent uh, change all our reservations. We still have to kind of tweak things. We already pre-booked some specialty restaurants. But I agree with you. I think... It, it kind of blends both worlds. You're going to be able to experience all the different complimentary restaurants because if you haven't been on the Quantum Class, I mean, they are all unique restaurants, right? The theming, the menus, the signature drinks. It, you definitely don't feel like you're in just another part of the ship. It is just a totally different experience. So you get to experience them all, and then depending on how long your cruise is, you'll probably get to them a couple times, maybe even three times if you're going on a longer cruise. But, of course, you can always alter that if you want to. Go to a specialty restaurant, of course, as you could on another ship. I, I do suspect, I wonder what's going to happen. I don't know if your thoughts on this one, Matt, of if in your rotation you don't want to go to that complimentary restaurant but want to go to another one, I'm assuming there's gonna, they're going to have situations like that and they're going to have to adjust for that. Or I don't know how they're going to, people will have yeah, to go on I standby to do something like that, maybe. Yeah, on Disney Cruise Line, yeah, the the solution would be go book a specialty restaurant or go to the <laughs> or, or go to the buffet that night. And, you know, I'm not sure because obviously they have. I know that there's a capacity issue, right? Mm -hmm. Because everybody, you know, they can only account for a certain amount of people. You know, in every restaurant, it's not like they have an infinite amount. They can just you know add on more tables. Um, so we'll have to see. I mean, we just don't know enough details about it. Royal Caribbean's okay. been very tight lipped about it, except for the fact that it is coming. So we'll have to sit and wait as to what it'll be, but. You know, I, I think the, the takeaway that you should, if you're listening to this, number one, the things you may have read about Dynamic Dining, I think, are in the past. I think they have improved it quite a bit, and, and my experience was not like any of those, some of the uh, stories that I had read earlier. So that's good. Number two, it does give you more flexibility, more choice. Number three, I think it there is, the, if you're a traditionalist or if you enjoyed that kind of an experience of having, you know, the same wait staff every night, that's definitely going to be a, a negative, I would say, uh, until at least... 
the Dynamic Dining Classic comes around. And, of course, the other thing is, and I think we both agree on this, Don, is making sure you plan ahead. If mm-hmm. you can make reservations, even if you have, especially for the complimentary ones, just have 10 out of reservations every night, just so you're, you're covered at the very least. You know, because, look, no one knows what time you're going to be hungry, you know, <laughs> six months from now. But, you know, if you have something, at least there's a starting point. And like you said, you can always change. It's not written in stone. And if you don't show up to it, that's okay also. you Again, you, they're very flexible. Royal Caribbean has always been very good about, hey, you know what? I changed my mind completely. It's not what you said here. Can we make that work? And and it's in my experience, they've they've been very accommodating. Yeah, I mean, we we had one issue where our restaurant reservation disappeared and went there, and they took care of it. They got us in uh, at our time, and I, you know, we keep talking about the reservation. At what for a minute, just talk about the food. I mean, I thought the food was the best cruise food I've ever had. I mean, all of the restaurants really met or exceeded our expectations, including the complimentary restaurant. So it might be worth a little bit of the juggling around and figuring things out because the food was phenomenal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I had the best chops meal I've had in a long time over there. The The Grand, oh, man, I still have I still have dreams about the Grand. What <laughs> what a great meal that was. Oh, oh, oh hang on. I need, I need a moment, please. Okay, I'm back. Um, yeah, that was yeah, good food all around, and, and the yeah. Windjammer is, is wonderful food as well. So it's, it's you know... It's really, I think it's it's a really interesting program, and you know, obviously things are always changing, and you know, hopefully this will help some people out in terms of you know just being prepared for it and understanding what it is, and and you know, we'll see where the future goes from here. Now, before I let you go, Don, I got to ask, you know, I want to make sure every guest that we have on this podcast, we like to ask them a couple of quick questions to get to know a little bit better. So I'm just gonna give you some questions here. Just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Okay, I'll do my best. Favorite restaurant on a Royal Caribbean ship. Oh God! Um, I guess I'll have. We don't honestly do specialty dining. The first time we ever done specialty dining was on Quantum of the Sea. So I will have to say, I will say Jamie's Italian restaurant. Okay, good choice. We we uh, actually just posted a review of it on. Actually, both I, of us have reviews of it. I was on, gonna say Royal Caribbean yeah. blog. Yeah, so there uh, we go. We both endorse it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Preferred drink while on a Royal Caribbean cruise. Oof, I there's so many good drinks. I guess I I am a Mai Tai guy. I like my rum. So if I'm going to get something, I think they have the ultimate Mai Tai. There you go. Favorite port of call to visit. Favorite port of call. Wow. I would have to say if we're going to if we're just, you know what, Labadee is the perfect beach day. So if I'm just in the mood to relax, which I usually am on my cruise vacations, I'm just going to sit there with some Labadoozies and enjoy the sun. You see, you People ask me, why do you bring Don on this podcast? There's the reason right there. You have to test. <laughs> the, the brute honesty or the alcoholism? Either one. <laughs> a little column A, a little column B. Exactly. And lastly, favorite song on the radio or, or your iPod today? Oh, I am one of those people who is awful. I'm listening to podcasts like this podcast all the time. I guess this is going to sound so bad, but my nephew loves Shake It Off by Taylor Swift. So I'm going to say Shake Taylor It Swift? Off. Taylor Swift? Yes. You know, I, I've said it before. Haters gonna hate, hate, hate. Don't, <laughs> don't, right. don't worry about it, Don. I want to hold you back. Okay. Awesome. Well, Don, thank you so much for your time. And of course, we want to recommend everyone check out your website there at eatsleepcruise.com. Thanks, Don. Oh, thank you, Matt. 
Each and every week, I always want to say thank you to everybody who listens to this podcast, reads the blog. You guys are awesome. And I also make sure to recognize everybody that leaves us great reviews here on iTunes because that's the best way to help the podcast out, also others discover the podcast. And I want to thank Mr. Flav. I wonder if he knows Flavor Flav. Who writes, uh, your podcast is not only extremely informative, but it keeps me sane as I await our next cruise. I think you have the perfect voice for doing this and your descriptions are spot on. Please don't ever stop doing this. I really believe that you have the best cruise podcast available, not to mention that it's on our favorite cruise line. If I ever have the pleasure of seeing you on a cruise, I'm definitely buying you a Labadoozy. Oh, and slow your speech down just a bit. I know you're excited like we are, but sometimes you rush through things too quickly. Keep up the great work and really, please don't stop. Thank you very much for the kind words. And I agree, I get way too excited about talking about Royal Caribbean with all of you. And speaking of talking with all of you, let's answer your listener emails. We'll start with an email from Linda Stevens, who writes to me, Hi, Matt. Thank you for your blog and podcast. They are both helpful and fun. I am newly diagnosed with some gnarly food allergies. I'm very nervous about this, considering dynamic dining does not allow the personal relationship the main dining room has. I do not like the attention drawn to myself, and I do not feel like I want to be a burden to others. This will be my first cruise with food allergies and uh, bringing an EpiPen with me everywhere. Will Quantum's various restaurants be able to afford, offer me choices without making me feel like an alien? I'm allergic to wheat, corn, peanut, sesame, and possibly shrimp and clam. I'm reported to the first four blood test verified allergies to Quantum special diets. So that's a really good question. You know, there's a lot of people there that have food allergies and they just want to understand, you know, what's to be expected. And I think you did the first important thing, and that's something that I was going to recommend first and foremost, is that you can email Royal Caribbean your uh, dietary needs. I would, first of all, also if you have a travel agent, if you book through a, a travel agent, you should also convey to them or uh, to Royal Caribbean directly. Regardless, you can email, even if you've done, it's there's no harm in doing both, but you can email special underscore needs at rccl.com, special underscore needs at rccl.com. We'll post a link in our show notes at royalcaribbeanblog.com. And that's the email that you should be including your guest names, booking number, ship name, and sale date. And that way they'll kind of be aware of, okay, you know, in, in this case, Linda has a dietary restriction and they can be aware of it. I would also always recommend, this is true of every ship, no matter whether it's a quantum of the seas or any ship in the, in the fleet. On the first day of your cruise, go speak with the head waiter and kind of make sure. And, and for you, I would go to the first restaurant you're eating at that night and go speak with the staff there and make sure they're aware of it. They should be. And, and also just kind of get their sense of what they need to know, what you need, what you want to convey to them and kind of go about it that way. That way, when you do show up, your reservation is already kind of. I don't want to say flagged, but certainly they're aware of you and they can help you without making, you know, a big scene. And certainly they want to be accommodating. That's really the key. They want to make sure you're having a great vacation. And obviously you want to make sure you're eating healthy. So I really don't have any, I don't think you're gonna have any problem with that. And if you ever have, if you ever feel like it's, it's different, I would definitely recommend speaking to the head waiter. Don't sit there and suffer. Don't, don't just, you know, eat in the windjammer for the rest of the cruise. Go speak with someone and make sure that they are doing exactly what you're looking to do and, and you feel comfortable doing it. That would be my absolute best uh, recommendation. Linda also has another question. Are On a totally separate subject, maybe you can provide an opinion. Our son has decided he would like to attend West Point. We are in California and we'd like to combine a college camp and start with a cruise getaway. We're looking at sailing on Anthem of the Seas March 19th of 2016. We would allow our 15-year-old son to bring a friend or two. The advantage of this cruise is that it would occur during our spring break time, so the boys would not miss any school. The disadvantage is the price. To book a balcony for my husband and I on an inside cabin directly across the hall from our boys would cost almost $9,000 with gratuities. Wow. 
If we sail instead on Celebrity Summit in October 2016, the disadvantage would be the boys would miss a week of school, and the advantages would be $3,300, including gratuities, beverages for two, and onboard credit. We don't mind flying home from Puerto Rico, and I know you've said in the past podcasts that those cruises are cheaper because people are wary of flying from there, but the airfare costs are about the same, and the carriers and airfare are great. I guess what it comes down to is, can three 15-year-olds have a blast on Celebrity Summit? Husband and I have sailed on the Millennium. I'm probably be able to answer this question myself once I sail on Quantum, won't I? Any thoughts? So there's two different issues you're talking about here. You're talking about price, and there's a huge price difference, obviously. You're also not really comparing apples to apples here because Anthem sails out of New York, and in this case, Celebrity Summit goes out of Puerto Rico, so you're dealing with two different, very different pricing. I'm sure you can go look, and I'm pretty sure in 2016, it's still Jewel of the Seas and Adventure of the Seas out of Puerto Rico, and they might offer you uh, a similar... A Royal, Caribbean, a Royal Caribbean experience versus a celebrity experience, and at probably a comparable price, I would imagine. That being said, of course, you're probably going to say, well, you know, the reason we're going on this cruise would be to go on Anthem out of New York. The, diff- the key difference, and of course, I have not, let me, and I've said this before, I've not sailed on, on Celebrity, but I think it's fair for me to say that one key difference, especially for your 15-year-old boys, or boy and his friends, <laughs> would be that the onboard experience, the onboard activities, and the amount of activities that's geared towards the age group. There's no question that Royal Caribbean really, I don't want to say specializes in, but certainly focuses on the family experience, especially the experience for kids. And there's still, obviously, it's not, not to say there's nothing nothing for, for a 15-year-old to do on the celebrity ship, but I would think that there'd be more for them to do on the Royal Caribbean ship. And certainly Anthem of the Seas has a lot, I mean, you know, between the video games and, and the, C, the entire Cplex area, let's just put it that way, is like a heaven for, I think, for teenagers. And, and I think they would really enjoy it. So, yeah, if you go on Anthem, I think your 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 son will have the best experience versus celebrity ship, but you're going to be paying a lot more. So it's going to come down to what's more important, I think, price or your son's experience. Not to say your son's going to have a bad experience on Celebrity Summit. I would not hesitate to go on that. I mean, it's I think you guys have a great time. It's just, again, the amount of onboard stuff that they can do in terms of entertainment might is going to be different and and i you know you gotta weigh what's important to you and your son and, and kind of go from there so hopefully that that helps you out there thanks for the email linda next we have an email from nick b who writes i've been listening to your podcast for a long time i look forward to the new ones every week i have a question regarding harmony of the seas i noticed that royal caribbean has now released itineraries for the summer 2016 cruise season i saw that for the june sailings you can only leave out of barcelona but for the july sailings you can leave out of either barcelona or rome Will you only be able to leave for Rome during the month of July, or have they just not included this in the June sailings yet? I was also wondering what new venues and features will be on Harmony of the Seas that were not on the other Oasis-class ships. Keep making the great podcast. Thanks, Nick. So to answer your question, in the month of June 2016, Harmony of the Seas will be going out of Barcelona exclusively, but they'll be basically doing a round trip. So they go to some ports, and then they just come back to Barcelona. It's a round trip. In July, they're basically going to be alternating. So you'll start off in Barcelona, end up in Rome. And, or vice versa, you'll start off in Rome and end up in Barcelona, kind of breaking it up. Kind of, uh, kind of. If you know anything about the Alaska cruises, it's the same way. You leave out of, you know, Vancouver, Seattle, wherever it may be, and you can either take one of the cruises that, you know, will bring you all the way to Juneau, and then you have to fly back from Alaska, or there are round trip ones that will leave out of, you know, the Seattle, Vancouver area, go up to Alaska, and come back in the same sailing. So, I hope that makes sense for you. The other question you had was about new venues and features that will be on board Harmony that were not on the other ways to class ship. So the big one that I think everybody knows about are the water slides. This is a big deal for Royal Caribbean because they've really never done water slides. They've had on the Radiance class, there are these little 
very small water slides that are for really children. And they're very small. They're the, like the kind of slides that you might find at a playground, you know, at your local school. Like it's very short. But on Harmony of the Seas, we're going to be having these huge. There's actually three of them. They go down a couple of decks. So it, it's kind of an interesting concept and, and certainly a, a, ste- a different step for Royal Caribbean in terms of that. The other thing that you're going to be noticing be different on Harmony of the Seas versus the Oasis class ships are going to be some of the quantum class amenities. So you're going to have Bionic Bar is going to be on there. You're going to have some of the specialty restaurants and also regular restaurants from the quantum class like Wonderland will be on there. So, you know, there, you can actually check out the deck plans, Nick. I'll post the link in our show notes to the deck plans for Harmony of the Seas to be to go over exactly what Harmony of the Seas will include and not include. And it's it's interesting to kind of see that where it's it's basically, you know, an Oasis class ship, but it's it's acquired little pieces, you know, so it's taking this, the water slides that are, that are brand new and so it's taking little pieces from the quantum class ships and, you know, it continues to just, you know, it's kind of the the next iteration of, of the Oasis class, and it's kind of interesting how they, they're combining elements from different areas into this new ship. And certainly, if we have any other Oasis class ships down the pipeline, those two will also, I would imagine, have similar experiences. So, thank you for the email, Nick. Good stuff. Speaking of Oasis versus Quantum, let's go to our next email. It's from Anne, who writes, Thanks for the great blog. It's a real pleasure to read and enjoy your cruise with you, even when I'm at work. I did one cruise on Allure and was just wondering what the differences are between the Quantum and the Oasis class. Is it only the restaurants and the attractions, or is it the overall feeling different? Thanks. This is a great question, and boy, this could be a podcast episode in and of itself. So it kind of depends when we're answering this question. Right now, today, in April 2015, the answer is going to be different than probably a year from now. But because of the changes coming to the Oasis class. So primarily, one of the big differences, of course, is dining. We talked about that earlier in the episode. You know, traditional dining versus dynamic dining. But that's going to be changing. That will be less of an issue. I think one key difference is definitely the feel of the onboard experience in terms of kind of traversing and walking around the ship. On the Oasis class, you have the neighborhoods. On the Quantum class, it's more like the Freedom class, I think, in terms of, you know, there's a large ship with lots of different areas on board, but they're not as characterized or as distinguished as the neighborhood. So it's a different feel. And I think the other thing that the Oasis class does, now the Oasis class has is a bigger ship. It can handle a lot more people than the Quantum class. But it feels like the the Oasis class kind of, you know, handles the its crowds a little bit in a, in a better way, I think. And, it, and it's certainly in a different way. I think the neighborhoods just help give it a whole different I hate to say that you use the word feel because I've said it about four times now, but it's really the best way to describe it. It does change the nature of your cruise. And I'm not sure that you could have even applied that on a ship the size of the Quantum class, maybe, but it, I'm not sure it would have been to the same effect. I think they've really nailed it with the Oasis class in terms of how those neighborhoods kind of flow together and help kind of keep, I don't know, help with crowd control, help with just giving it a different, not, not feeling like one long ship, but. The other thing about the Quantum class is, you know, it's got a little bit of hints of the Celebrity class in it, and especially the Celebrity Solstice class, and 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 I think it gives it a different taste in, in terms of what your experience is. So, you know, there there they are different kinds of cruises. I think if you were to go on Quantum and then go on the Oasis, or in your case, go from the Oasis to Quantum, you're gonna know some similarities, some differences, but you know, it's it's kind of the feel, it's kind of that that flow 
of when you're moving around the ship. I think that's the key difference. It's hard to really describe in a good, in an accurate way. I'm not sure a good way, but in an accurate way here in an audio form. But it's one of those things you almost have to experience on your own. Sorry, you got to book another cruise. That's what I'm always saying. I'm always advocating booking that. But the the, the truth is, I think that the they handle each other differently. But they're not bad things. It's just a different kind of experience. And I think you're going to have to experience it for yourself to really understand it. But they are definitely not exactly the same. Let's leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> now that I've rambled on about that, we'll leave it right there. Very good. Well, I think we're going to wrap things up here for this episode of the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Of course, we want to hear from you. So if you've got questions, you've got comments, you've got thoughts, you've got anything on your mind about Royal Caribbean, I want to hear about it. So please do me a favor and email me, Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com we'd love to talk all about it let's talk everything Royal Caribbean you and me and everyone else listening but just you and me you send me an email I'd love to hear about it so until next time I'm Matt Hotchberg and we'll talk again soon